You're listening to the AID Network. Hey, friend, thank you so much for joining us for another comment below. If you're looking for some good stuff to watch, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you a guide to all the great shows returning and popping up brand new for the first half of March. But before we get into that, I'd like to suggest maybe visiting my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash adventures in design, where Monday through Friday, I live stream or put up a video that's not too far off from the AID content, just maximizing the use of the visual elements so that you can see the designs and videos and stories that I want to talk about. It's over at youtube.com slash adventures in design. And to hear the full version of today's episode and all episodes, I'd encourage you to please consider supporting the show by becoming a Circle of Trust member at the AID.network. When you do that, it keeps all the content, both on the podcast and on YouTube, coming to you each and every Monday through Friday. Once again, that's AID.network. Thank you. Hey, friends, before we start the show, let's all head over to jackprince.com where you can get 1,000 one-color stickers for only $150. It's up to you whether you decide to be square or circle, and you can get them up to four inches. Durable vinyl stickers that come to you on a roll. Choose one of 22 standard inks, and remember, you'll never pay for shipping on domestic orders from jackprince.com. So this is what you do. You get a big roll of stickers sent to the home there sent to the office. Every time you ship out an order, you put a sticker on it. If you own a restaurant, you put the stickers on your cups. If you have a store, you put them on the bags you give out to your customers. People love to see your branding and other people will see it and wonder where your store or business is at. It's a great way to advertise and an affordable way to do when you get 1,000 one color stickers for only $150. Get them even cheaper by going to jackprince.com slash circle of trust. What do you say we get started with today's episode of Comment Below? It's Adventures in Design 900. to another comment below i'm so happy to announce on the show this morning his triumphant return ladies and gentlemen the one and only from the snicket sean moore how you been buddy are you kidding me just what's going on over there just turn it on just turn it on sean well while he's trying to figure out his microphone and his scarlet face connie collinsworth how are you this morning I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. After the the drought, which was January and February, and I, I'm still I'm still kind of curious why the networks and the streaming services in particular that are trying to fight for their dominance, why did everybody hold back so hard in January and February, and now they're just dropping buckets, I mean buckets of TV in the month of March? I have no idea. I was like you, uh an island out there looking for rescue, looking for a show because they weren't dropping anything particularly new on us. But what it allowed me to do was go back and watch a lot of stuff that had been super recommended to me and Uh I never got around to it. Like your fabulous recommendation for catastrophe. Oh my God. What a show. What a show. What a show. (laughs) We dropped into it. And now we're, I think almost, I think we finished third season, almost finished with it maybe. Um, and it's perfect wife watcher recommendation. As you said, it would be within 10 minutes. Stacy was like, this show is adorable and I love it. (laughs) She is. So it's about a couple that kind of gets into a weird situation. If you haven't seen it here in the States, it's on prime. Good news. But bad news, Friday, March 15th, it returns for its final season, but you've got four seasons to dig through if you're new to the party. There are a couple that find themselves in a weird situation. He's from the U.S., she's from the U.K. They meet uh, on a business trip when he's over in London, and then it stays in London for the rest of the series. And uh, he's absolutely lovable. He is 
dumb. He is dopey. He maybe puts on a little bit of weight, but he's absolutely lovable. And she is so sexy and so completely lovable in the opposite way of him. I mean, they really are two sides to a bad penny. And I just love it so much. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, these people probably can't get along with anyone else in the world. <laughs> and it's this uh, thing that happens is like, you know, whatever spirits controlling the world put them together. Now, the actress, uh, the lead in that, she was in that really like underappreciated movie Game Night. Did you see that with Jason Bateman? I did see that. And I was like, oh. It's yeah. the woman from Catastrophe. I'm in love with her. Well, see, I was like, who is this unknown that they've put in this movie with all these like pretty much heavyweights? And then, I, but I liked her. And I was like, there's got to be a reason she's in this. And now I know why. Yeah. It's Catastrophe. Because, yeah. you know, Jason Bateman or somebody's like, I love the show. I want to work with this actress. Like somebody's like, I got to get her in the game. And um, she is a fantastic actress. And I'll be interested to see what, what both of them do after this. But. Her fucking loaf of a brother, who's just a fucking dickhead. And then what's the name of their, their mutual friend and his fucking prude wife? My favorite character, Chris, oh. the, the, the husband of the uh, the lady with the something stuck up her behind yeah. in this show. It just never know what that dude's going to say. It's the the look on his face. It, it's like complete aloofness or sheer terror. I can't tell which one he's living in. And he's Welsh. So it, it's a little bit hard for us to, I mean, that dialect is thick. And so thick. you're like, I, I think he just called him a cunt bath, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and he smokes a cigarette while vaping another cigarette. <laughs> when he has the cigarette in one hand and the little blue light in the other one. It's the best. It's a great show. And uh, like I said, it's over on Amazon Prime for those of us in the U.S. And if you're in the U.K., you're probably like, oh, Americans leeching on to our show. <laughs> also, while we're talking about things that are returning, I know that you're a big fan of The Good Fight. When I was doing my research, I saw that comes back Thursday, March 14th. I watched the trailer. I'm telling you, man, I was against it. I was against it. Every day I feel like that credit card's getting ready to come out for <laughs> CBS All Access. And I can't even believe that because I hate CBS Free. Well, Mark, you know how the drug dealers will give you that first one for free yeah, and then you, yeah. you know you're going to come back? I might have to slide you something that lets you access that first episode for free. And then we'll see whether or not you, you've got the need and the urge All right. and, and All bring right. it back in. Get me in there. I, I like, wh where do I recognize that wife from? Is she a um, Larry David alumni? Is that where I recognize the wife from? No, that's Christine Baranski. She's been around for fucking ever. Um, just pops up as character actress in like everything. But she was in The Good Wife. Good Wife. Which is where this spins off from. But you do not have to have watched The Good Wife to watch it. There will be a few people that will come up and you will be able to hear from the conversations that they had a past relationship with her somehow or someone else in the show. But you do not. Ha they don't have to do that like 18 seasons or whatever The okay, Good Wife was it. on yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christine Baranski, she's just uh, she's just hilarious but and just a badass. And I know that uh, you would be interested in it because I told you, I think, privately before that it's a scripted show but they they're pulled from the headlines kind of um gimmick is their the trump presidency and it's not just made up things you know mm. like on law and order svu they yeah, would yeah, show yeah. you Rip things from the but, headlines but they would change it around and you just have to go oh this is about so-and-so case right, oh no, right. no no we're using trump's name we're using oh wow. the 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 p tape we're using all of these people's names and all of these events and then they tell a story a legality story because it's about law firms and somehow it all works around that, but it's all up, uh, you know, on Front Street. We're not, we're not being veiled with what we're talking about on it. Well, you know, I think yesterday was when we were recording this. I think yesterday was like day seven hundred and seventy of the Trump administration, and I watch my little news shows every day, and and it's been my number one on my TV list for the last two years. But I'm starting to, I'm starting to tire of it after seven hundred something days, just because it's the most lopsided um, bit of entertainment that I've ever consumed because there's never any retaliation. It's just like they did this wrong. They did this wrong. They did this illegal. They burnt this person. This is, this is outside the law. This is a new low. This is a new disgrace to the American way of thinking, blah, 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 blah. And there's never once a repercussion, like never once a repercussion. The Royal family of the Trumps just keep on trumping and everybody else just screams and runs around 
And uh, I don't know. I, I I watched the Cohen thing, and I was just like, "Come on, man! Like, I, I need a plot twist in here. I I I need I need a little bit of fucking street justice. I need some street justice, Connie." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. I do like that AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is kind of playing the Republicans' game at them. You know, they so for so long Trump would always tweet out something and then you wouldn't get any sort of tweets back or any kind of, and she's just speaking his language, you know, yeah. and, and all these other folks just saying, why has no one done this before? Why has no one challenged back and doing that kind of stuff? So she did a little of that in the Cohen hearings and maybe it'll lead to some information the way that she did it. But who would have thought that the U.S. government would be the fourth big network? I know it's wild <laughs> that it it's really a headline getter. And when those hearings, you know, pop up, it's kind of hard to live life and ignore that history and a real life drama is is just on five different channels, six different channels all at once. So I don't know. I'm 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 still following along with it, but I'm starting to sort of numb to the whole process. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for uh I'm hoping for something big very soon, but big in a way that doesn't like make us all lose our jobs in our homes. You know, like I'm not, I'm not yeah. praying for California to get hit with a nuclear missile. I'm just praying for maybe you know. Uh, put Don Jr. on the hot seat and put him in, in jail with his fucking shitty beard and his slick back hair. And just give me a little man, plot twist. Man, if they put Don Jr. on, then that's the sequel we've been waiting for because you know that guy is just going to get up there and be good TV. It's going to oh, be good TV. It's going to be like Cato Kalen. He is, you know, there's this thing that we all know as hardworking, lower to lower middle class to middle middle class folks that listen to this show. There's just this thing that we know where people are like, well, my dad didn't give me anything. And I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I, I never had anything handed to me. We all just sit back and laugh and go, you fucking piece of shit. You have no idea what it's like out in the real world to see DJT go to fucking jail or at least just have to like carry his own water for once. Just be like, you fucking joker. You have no idea what it's like to be a real American. But think about this. You've got the hierarchy of children in that family to deal with, too. You got Eric, who is just, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's a vampire. Functioning slow adult. <laughs> and then you got Don Jr., who is fucking very privileged, but then he's still not as privileged as Ivanka. No. And that's where it all gets weird and kind of creepy. And Yeah. And then she married a husband that looks like a Sears underwear model. And you're like, is he gay? Is he not gay? I don't know. And it's just they're... They're a weird, they're a weird bunch. But anyways, that, that guy looks like he's covered in foreskin, his whole body. <laughs> he does. <laughs> what a fucking comment. What a comment. I mean, he was on the news every night for like 18 months and we'd never even heard his goddamn voice. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the Fox people are right and I'm the one who's wrong. I'm just still trying to figure it all out. Okay. Other things that are coming back. Better things. Season three. Uh, just released late last month uh, on 228 over on FX. The first season is really great. I love the spunk and attitude of the the female lead. She's a mother with three daughters, kind of trying to figure it all out to make it kind of interesting. She lives in Hollywood, does voiceover work in the industry. So she's kind of got an interesting job. Season one was really good, had a lot of attitude, had a lot of like new family dynamic moments to it. Um Season two, she sort of went on this like soul journey and they kind of broke the show a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if they can tie it together for season three. FX, I love the network, 30 minute show, a good sort of family and, and mid gender tone to the show. Excellent wife watcher. I hope to save it for season three. Yeah, I watched the first season of it because I love that lead actress and um I just fell off from it because it's on FX, like you said. And so those shows can come, sometimes get off my, my radar Yeah, because they come back at w really weird times. They don't even follow any sort of pattern no. for how long a season is, when it's coming back, how many you're going to get in a year. So I lost track of it. But it's, it is something that when I do have a show hole at some point, I could put on my list to go back to. I, I fell for her when she was uh, in Californication. Yes. And she played a very like... Just a very like sexy, bored sort of, you know, Santa Monica Malibu housewife. But I love her gravelly voice. And when I followed it back, she was a child actress and goes back to 21 Jump Street and several yep. other shows. So she's been around for a while. The woman has a fantastic voice, just like 
enough sort of gravel to it that it just, it, I don't know. She, I think she does a lot of voiceover stuff. It's a little Natasha Leone meets a young, sexy Kathleen Turner. There you go. You nailed it. You know your women. <laughs> Connie, you know your fucking women. And one last thing that's returning Friday, March 15th, Arrested Development comes back. What should be a stop my life moment will be, um, well, I'm not going to stop on the 405, but I am going to slow down to look at the wreck on the other side. I'm going to see what's happening over there on 405 South as I'm going north up to L.A., and I, I'm going to just kind of slow down a little bit to look at the at the wreck, but I'm not going to completely stop my life and observe the wreck. So Arrested Development uh, wants just a completely amazing achievement for free TV. And then it sort of, it just showed that it didn't transfer over well into streaming and, and maybe should have just stopped on the note of being like a very loved television show. Yeah, I feel like that one's kind of like a thing where your a relationship goes bad mm -hmm. and like then it just sort of, you kind of stop caring, stop showing up for things and then it just kind of dies. And that's what happened to me with um with Arrested Development. Appreciate its place in pop culture, TV culture, love Jason Bateman, love, love almost him. everyone in it. Everything about it. I mean, I don't know how many times I'll use that there's always money in the banana stand thing all oh, the time. All the time around the house I tell Beth, that's why you leave a note. <laughs> exactly. So, but it isn't on my radar at all. Um, I'll hear about it from everyone else posting about it and see how it is, but it's I'm so far off of that track of show. You just it, hate it, it when they break me. a good show. Today's show is sponsored by my friends over at pb.com slash design. That's the home of SinPro, where I want you to go and get a free 30-day trial. When you use SinPro, you can ship online, making it so easy to save both time and money. Imagine sitting where you're at right now, unless you're driving, and being able to easily compare shipping your package through USPS, UPS, or FedEx with one easy-to-use online tool. You print shipping labels and stamps where you're at right now with your own printer, once again, unless you're driving, and you track your shipments by getting email notifications when they arrive. So no more post office, no more waiting in line, no more standing behind adults that seemingly came from nowhere and have no idea how to ship a package, only burning up your time and your money. Because if you're not working, well, then you're not making money. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. It's SinPro Online by Pitney Bowes. Sign up today, pb.com slash design. Get free 30-day trial as well as a free 10-pound scale, making shipping from your home or office just that much easier. pb.com slash design, free 30-day trial. couple of news stories before we get into our top 10. This is something I found that was pretty interesting. We've been seeing a lot of the anthology series popping up, the anthology, the anthology, which is a really cool way to to tell stories and or to do a season of tv and so it's kind of weird where you know we saw the the model of traditional television where they wrap it up in an hour then premium cable with the sopranos and six feet under we're like oh well we love 10 episodes 13 episodes on one topic and now we're just kind of getting into this weird thing where sometimes it's anthology where every episode is different sometimes every season is different sometimes it's new actors sometimes it's old so it's really fun to see the exploration that all of these different access points to TV from streaming to cable, premium cable to over the air on top of the box free TV. So one thing that I found interesting was Love, Death, Robots, 18 episode, not safe for work, animated shorts. It's an anthology series over on Netflix. So basically it's 18. It's like a film. It's like an animated film festival, 18 shorts. They're not connected whatsoever. Uh, but the theme is love, death, and robots. And when you watch the trailer, you can see a various different types of storytelling, styles of animation. It literally is an animated film festival or an art show that they sort of curated and put together. So 18 of those. I'm not sure how long they are, but with it being animation, I would assume somewhere in the 10 to 20 minute range. Now, if you told me live action, uh, real TV shows with that theme in 18 episode anthology, I'm in. <laughs> when I hear the animation, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll look at it. But it'll pro just like with BoJack Horseman and that stuff, I'll, I'll appreciate it. But there's just something that does not lock me in on that stuff. I interviewed the producer of BoJack. So I watched a couple of episodes because I didn't want to be like out of the loop. And I just, I don't know, that stuff's 
cool and I appreciate the animation and I like so that it's sort of that the world is decided on there's like a like there's like a low grade of animation that we'll all accept. Yeah. Because we don't need to see all the drop shadows and the fanciness. Like it's kind of cool that it's lo-fi and being from the art world, you and I both obviously love that. But I, I just feel like all that stuff sort of hits maybe like a, a stoner tone that I'm just not really, it's not really for me. It's not my kind of humor. I don't know. I'm, but I love well, Family Guy, so maybe yeah. I just don't have good cartoon humor. I'm a stoner and I hit that stoner tone and I have large blocks of time I can donate to a show. So I don't know what it is, but there's just something in me that doesn't. Um, I mean, I loved cartoons when I was a kid. It's not like I don't like cartoons. I've watched King of the Hill, all of that kind of stuff I'm all about. But just something doesn't doesn't get me about that. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there. Uh, demo. King of the Hill was different, though, because it really it was. It was a regular show that just happened to be animated so they could be a little bit further out there. But the characters and the core values and the way that it came together and fucking love Bobby Hill. It's not your purse. And uh, John Redcorn, their fucking neighbor. Like I, I, I thought that that was just a, a, a great show. And it had those episodes where it literally it hit, you, it hit you emotionally. I think that's why it was different. You know, and if anybody's ever gotten choked up, at an episode of The Simpsons, you know the difference when there's like that that family dynamic or story dynamic. I still love that Cotton Hill got his shins blown off in the war. <laughs> yeah, King of the Hill just hits on all my points. And so the fact that it is animation, I think, doesn't even register with me. I see it as a visual, yeah. regular sitcom. Yeah, and the same for me with the Simpsons and all the characters in Springfield and, and Family Guy, I, I think it's because there's those, they're they're built off the chassis of a, a standard TV show, but they use animation to go a little bit further, a little bit crazier, but it's not Tom and Jerry, unless it's Itchy and Scratchy, but it, it's not so far out there and weird that you're, that you can't buy it. Like you can still feel connected to it and it's relatable. I think bro jack horseman shit like that it's just not relatable to me and what do i look for in every show a guy that i want to be and a girl that i want to fuck yeah who you want to fuck in uh king of the hill um well i could never say <laughs> the the daughter luann because <laughs> she literally looks and sounds just like my fucking sister it's insane <laughs> how much she talks just like my sister so yeah maybe that oh i know um, what's his name's wife? Who's fucking John, oh. John Redcorn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it called me crazy, but, uh, I think Lois from King of the Hills kind of attractive. And when I go private browsing, so do those little weird ads on the right column that I never <laughs> click on that make me feel even worse about myself. Uh, but anyways, for another topic, this is something while we're in the middle of, of adult topics, videos after dark is coming and it is AFV. America's Funniest Videos for Adults, hosted by Bob Saget, who we all met as the cheesy, like, oh, he's going to go outside with a banana in his pocket. Oh, no, there's a slip and slide. We know him as that version of himself, but he's a filthy, dirty comic that actually yes. goes so far because he wants to shock you that I'm not that fucking AFV guy. Like, I'm a dirty, dirty, filthy comic. So there's a new show called Videos After Dark, but I'm trying to wonder, what the fuck is AFV for adults? Like, what, like, how, I mean, I, I think America's Funniest Home Videos is still one of the best family watchers you can put on. If you got mm -hmm. eight people in a room, throw it on and you can all have fun. Like, it's why YouTube yeah. was invented. But wh where does that content go? Like, what was too hot? Because one of the, my favorite things about AFV is that you see tons of, like, um, amateur voyeur, voyeur voyeurism when yeah. it's a wedding and like oh there's that woman's ass because it got stuck in her fucking pantyhose or whatever like i remember watching as a kid and be like there's a lot of fucking gratuitous tna on here <laughs> yeah i don't know where they're gonna go with that either um i mean there's maybe they've somehow figured out the popularity of like when you're in facebook you know and you, somebody puts up a funny video and you click and it takes you to that channel and then it auto shoots you to the next ones and you get into some weird shit in there yeah so maybe maybe for adults is not what you and i are thinking for adults maybe it just means like uh violent crude content i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll see but i'm i'm interested to see what videos after dark they've they've there's i couldn't find a trailer but they have my interest peaked by not showing me anything. And then one last story before we get into our top 10 on our 
part one of March 2019 entertainment forecast because there's just that much going on. Connie Collinsworth, I'm going to let you take this one over. We had the story, uh, the lead from Empire, or one of the the main characters from Empire, Jesse, how do you say his last name? I, I think it's Smollett, but Smollett. I'm not sure. We're well, going to say Smollett, that's fancy. Well, what I've been saying the whole time is not his last name. I've been saying, don't do it, Jesse. Don't do it, Jesse. <laughs> so when that story first came out, I, I didn't put this anywhere publicly because I don't ever want to be a victim shamer. Um, that I think that that's a really horrible thing that exists in our society. But I will say this, that out of the gate, the story felt weird. It felt a little flat to me. And the one thing that I couldn't get away from, and for those of you that maybe have lived underneath a fucking rock, uh, he alleged that he was out late one night in downtown Chicago, went to get, I believe, a delicious Subway sandwich. Uh, Two guys come up on him. They call him the N-word. They call him the hard F-word. Uh, they beat the shit out of him. They pour bleach on him. They put a noose around his neck. They're wearing MAGA hats. They're chanting MAGA country at him. And he goes back to his apartment. When the cops show up, though, he's still wearing the noose around his neck. And if you had yeah. a rope put around your neck, and I could only imagine, I mean, I personally would be like, I'm getting this fucking thing off of me. I'm going to keep it in my hand to show the cops. I'm getting it off of me. But I could only imagine as a black man that it would be even faster that you would want to have that taken off your neck because of the horrible ancestry of that in America. Yeah, that's where I went as well. Now, I did I did immediately go, oh, he's been attacked. That was my first reaction. Oh, a famous actor's been attacked. Wait a minute. Um, this doesn't this is odd that it's a famous actor right now being attacked. He's black and he's gay and we've got MAGA thrown in. This is like a storyline going on here. So I questioned a little bit, but then when I heard about the noose, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm taking that thing off as quick as I fucking can because you never know. Are they going to run back and, and yank that thing up or what's going to happen with it? Plus just the disgust of it. It's like, you know, when you, when you see and hear about a rape victim who cannot get that shower fast enough and they like make them wait so they can do the, the rape kit tests and all the examination, you know, you want that thing that traumatized you to be, to start trying to get rid of it. I can't imagine sitting there if that happened with that noose around and waiting. So it just seemed a little staged. Um, and I hate to not, I hate that I didn't instantly believe it, that I instantly questioned it because I always want to believe people first. Right. And victims should be believed. But that one just, it was just so many things added up for me. It it was weird because I was thinking about the news thing. Like I really fixated on that. I'm like, okay, he lives in a high rise in downtown Chicago. He's a man of means. So that means there's probably like a doorman. Like when I lived in a shitty, you know, 25, 30 story apartment in downtown Toronto, absolutely impossible to go into the lobby, not be on the elevator with somebody else, not see someone in the lobby. Like you're constantly around people. Even sometimes when you get off at your floor, you're like kind of doing like the silent walk to the next to somebody like, I hope their door is next so I can just finally be alone. So I'm going to do all that with smelling like bleach with, with a noose around my neck. Like, I don't know. It, it felt weird, but it just, you want to believe people it's like, it sucks that we have to debate whether it's true or not, but the story fell apart. It fell apart fast. And what I hate about stuff like this is it just clearly gives ammunition to people that are racist, that are homophobic, that are Mm -hmm. hardcore conservative folks. It it, it makes everyone seem like a liar. And it kind of reinforces, like, if you think the worst about black people, how's this going to change your mind or whatever? And then the fact that he hired two black guys to beat him up. It's like, bro, go find two white dudes for the fucking job, man. Like, I understand brother's got to work, but fucking give this job to two white guys, man, to make the story actually pay off. Yeah, that was, I was like, wait a minute, two brothers from Nigeria. Hold on here. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> that even, we have a, if we have fucking crisis at our border, these Nigerians are coming up and beating our gay black actors. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's sad. And, and oh, here's my concern is like what mentally is going on with this fella that he thought this was a way to I think they've said he, he thought his character was being downplayed or written off and that he wanted more money. Um, 
I don't know how he thought any of these things were going to help with that situation. Because number one, it's just not. And number two, TV executives don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're not going to give him more money because he got attacked in the streets in Chicago. Yeah, his idea was that he didn't feel like he was getting paid enough so that this would raise his his stock price because everybody would know him and he would become a bigger name. But one, you're going to get fucking caught. And, yeah. and two, I now think that you should be fired. I mean... If he goes to jail, that's up to the Chicago Police Department. I mean, they did spend hundreds of hours on this high-profile case when newsflash, there's a lot of other things that they could be doing in Chicago with such a high homicide rate and, and so many underprivileged, underserved people in that community. They're running around trying to fix this case. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to him doing jail time, but at a bare minimum, I can't believe that, you know, Maybe ABC like jumped the gun on firing Roseanne and doing it overnight, but the he should be fired already. And the fact that he's yeah. not, it only sort of uh, really gets white America, that conservative white America going, going, oh, so Roseanne tweets something when she's on a drug, but blacks can do whatever they want and get away with it. It's not fair for white people. And that's why Donald Trump's the president. Is because there's a lot of white people that don't think it's fair for white people anymore, which is ridiculous. But every now and again, you can kind a broken clock is right twice a day. You can take this data and it reinforces their belief system. So I think FX and Empire needs to do the right thing and get him off that show ASAP. Yeah, and if I'm him, I just want to get out of get out of the public view at all did you see his like perp walk back out of the police station <laughs> oh man that dude his face it was just all right there on him when it's all crashed down like like at that point i've never like really had anything in my life so bad that i like had to start going back in my mind and going what did i do what happened here what went wrong this is not at all how i thought this was going to turn out on any kind of level like this so i can't imagine um i also heard that he went back to the set right after that and was very indignant and called the whole cast and crew and got on like a soapbox about how i promise you all i did not do this i this is you know i will be found innocent all this stuff and they're all like hey man just cut it out yeah. just own up to what you did and just stop. Uh, but just stop. yeah it's it's bad because given um like you said the racists and the trumpers something else to uh validate their belief system and it's not doing any gay folks any favors at all any black folks any favors any victims of any kind of crime it's hard you know it's always like the seems like the burden of proof is on the victim and it's it's just a bad situation i, I just wish it would go away he took out three different categories of 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 people that are already having a hard time black folks gay folks and victim folks like he in this storyline he managed to fuck up the world for three people that don't need any help having the world fucked up for them so uh don't do it jesse don't do it and i i think fox should do the right thing and fire him i think that that would would at least say hey we realize there's a problem here and how could you even watch that show or watch that actor knowing that he's capable of all that it, it just was a, a disgusting um mark on society all right, let's move over to our top 10 shows. This is new stuff that's coming out. I already gave you some of the ones that are returning that I'm excited about. This is the first half of March. Uh, coming up Sunday, March 10th. This is number 10. This is probably better than some of the other shows, but the production of it was just a little bit like I can't really tell what I'm looking at because it's over on HBO. It's called The Case Against Adan Saeed, and it's a um, true life true crime documentary, which I happen to really love. Beth and I have been watching them, enjoying them. That Ted Bundy four-part series over on Netflix was fucking fantastic. Been kind of wanting to watch one of these again. Uh, but they do that that move where they rely on animation to sort of patch the gaps in their, in their story. Because, you know, you might have a good story, but how do you make two hours of TV about of it? Because you don't have content. You don't have video content. And we all know that the world's greatest actors are reenactment actors. Uh, love those people so much. But it, so the production on this seems a little bit weird, but the story seems interesting about a young girl that goes missing and a woman that tries to sort of figure it out and put it together. So that's number 10, March 10th over on HBO. But uh, real quick, my sister recommended to me 
a real life documentary over on Netflix called, um, Oh shit. I just, I don't have it. It was called uh, abducted in plain sight or taken in plain sight. It's abducted in plain sight. And I was hoping we were going to talk about this show. Okay. So in all transparency with the bricky household and, and parts of our past, we were only able to get to about 20 minutes of it because it's so fucking graphic that if you have any sort of sexual trauma in your history, uh, like many of us do, it just was like, you know what? I don't need to know how far he put his fingers inside of a young girl. That was the moment when I looked at my wife and I'm like, no, no, this is too dark for us. It was turning out to be a fascinating fucking story, but just too fucking graphic for the Brickleys. It was graphic. It was like no story I've ever heard. My only, uh, our biggest comments while we were watching it was, this is some fucked up shit, but it was the early 70s. <laughs> and, and it was it was a different time then. You, we didn't, we weren't in the, and I don't, I don't, you know, I was a little little in the early 70s, but through the 70s, we had less of an idea of what could happen to you in the world. Right. If you know, if you got in the car with that stranger while you're out, your big sister's taking you hitchhiking to the ball game, you know, or wherever it was, it wasn't a thing. You didn't think about that. But now we know, don't get in a car with some guy on the interstate, you know, now we know the family friends that feel a little too icky, a little too creepy. We, you know, even younger folks than, than us are, you know, stranger danger has, wasn't taught until what the late eighties or so. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you and I grew up loving coming home from school and watching those after school specials. Those were some yeah. of my favorite TV moments. I was like, Oh shit. Like you don't get in a car with somebody and, and it scared you, but it was intriguing. Yeah. So this is graphic. It's very, uh, it seems like it can't even be a true story. Like this could be one of those fake, uh, mockumentaries like the penis drawing thing. Yeah. But it's real, and these people were real, and they—the fact that they are so forthcoming with their horrible parental decisions—and <laughs> are just like, well, you know, um, it was the third day, but we didn't want to call the police because he was a nice guy, and you know, we were just waiting around to see if he was going to bring her back. And it's like, and the FBI's uh, like, your fucking daughter's been missing for four days, and you haven't <laughs> called us yet. <laughs> So, uh, spoiler alert, you didn't get to this part. Spoiler alert for anyone else. Mute yourself here for a couple minutes. Mark, there's a section in this where the um, the the stranger danger guy gets the father in a car and they go driving. Oh, I know. That we made it to this part. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you got that and part. Go ahead. Tell your story. This, was, this is why I, I want to finish it because of this. This is the most insane thing I've ever fucking heard. But when they got into the details of the molestation, it just was, it was too much for us. Yeah. So they get in the car and the, you know, this guy was smart. He knew the divide and conquer and 100%. groom, the, the pedophile grooming um, activity. And then you also got to divide the camp. You got to get the parents at odds with each other. So he takes the father off who I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I know the dude was married to a woman. I know he had a bunch of kids. Dude's gay. Dad's gay. Sure. This was this ain't the first time he jerked somebody off in a car in a park. I'm pretty sure. But he jerked off the guy that abducted his daughter and fucked his wife. <laughs> the guy says, "I just I hate my wife. I don't I don't like her. I'm I'm feeling a lot of tension. I need some relief." And the dude's like, "Okay, I'll jerk it." And it's just like. <laughs> What the fuck, man? And when that happened, we paused the television, <laughs> just sat there and looked at each other. But think about this guy, the 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 villain in this film. Horrible human being, but you might have to give him a trophy for the world's greatest, world's greatest pedophile. I mean, just to fuck up and fuck the whole family. Like when I looked over at Beth and I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. The dad jerked <laughs> off the guy that would fucking take his daughter. You have got to be fucking kidding me, man. So then I was all in. I closed up my laptop. I put my phone on mood mode. I'm like, I'm all in. And then they started talking about the trailer. And that's yeah. when it best like you could finish this on your own, but I can't do this. And I said, no, I, I can't. Like, I want to know the motives and how it happened, but I don't want to hear every detail about a young girl being sexually molested. Like they crossed a line for me where I'm like, 
this and I wrote my sister back and go, what the fuck does it matter with you? What's <laughs> you're fucking you're insane. You and Momo love watching fucking shit where people are getting destroyed and have it as my dad would say is Momo can't watch anything without somebody shoving a broomstick up somebody's ass and breaking it off and little kids dying. <laughs> yeah, it uh it didn't need to be that graphic. It was upsetting. It kind of left me with that like upset tummy feeling, you know, that you get sometimes when that stuff comes up. And it, but at the same time I was fascinated by it. And then as it got further in and we discover how he brainwashed her and the stories that he made up, they sound crazy to an adult, but you got to go back and put yourself in that child mindset of what you believe in what you think and how scared you are something's going to happen to your parents and that you're going to be the cause of it and you kind of get it i just have to say that at the end of it there is a little bit of of like yes vindication mm. that she gets to have over this dude because he shows up in court at the end of that thing as an adult uh in the lawsuit and tries to still act like he didn't do anything oh. and she does like the great turning around on the on the predator like stands her ground with him and it's pretty great but it, all in all, if you're okay with a little bit of graphic stuff and you want to see the most fucked up story you've ever seen in your life and that you can't believe, this is the show for you. Okay, let me rephrase what she just said. If you could stomach, not a little bit of graphic stuff, insanely graphic, yeah. like literally talking okay. about how far he put his fingers in a girl. That's fucking vile, yeah. man. And I yeah. like to think of myself that somebody that's got, like, I can make it through things like, this is up there with fucking uh, faces of death. I'm not going to watch people eat a fucking monkey's brain while he's alive at the table. And I'm not going to listen to this. But what a fucking fascinating story. And I'm so mad that I can't finish it <laughs> because I can't fucking stomach it. Oh, it was so good until it got so bad. Number nine on our list is a uh, Richie Gervais project over on Netflix. It's a movie for yeah, movie Friday, March 8th. It's called After Space Life. Um, Richard Gervais is somebody who's mourning the loss of a loved one and he's just sort of like a dark soul he goes through the world just sort of insulting people because he literally has kind of given up on life I saw one scene in the trailer that made me say alright I'd like to watch this where he's just walking minding his own business walking down the sidewalk next to a schoolyard where kids are playing and this <laughs> little chubby redheaded boy goes uh, pedo and he goes what? And he goes, you're a pedo. Like, you know, he's a pedophile for walking next to the schoolyard. And he goes, no, I'm not. And if I was, your tubby little ginger cunt ass would be safe. <laughs> I saw this and uh, it gave me like this, like where I've been longing for some um, Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. vibe back in a show. That's what I got from this. Now I'm a little hurt, though, because you said it's a movie and I, I didn't pay attention. I thought it was going to be a series. So this is going to be a one shot and I'm going to be done with it. But it looked great. I like Ricky Gervais. A lot of people don't like him. I love when he hosts a fucking, uh, a t you know, Hollywood award show and gives people like the taste of their like reality to them. And people say he's too harsh and whatever. But I like him. I like almost everything he's ever done. That British show that he did called Extras is one of my favorites. Um, I'm all in on, on this show. Yeah. I love that. Movie. I love that smarter comedy. That's all based on an underline of tension and awkwardness. Like I really, like I love if, if what you're watching, like a great Ben Stiller movie or, um, curb when you're watching something and it makes you cringe and be like, don't open the door. Don't, Oh my God, don't say that. Don't just don't say that he's black. Just he, you can be in the room with them and not, Oh God, you said it. Like it's I, that emotion to me. It, it, it's way better than like something that scares you. Like I, I, I love that. Like it, cause it's making you feel awkward and you got to go far to do that. And when people have wrote in and be like that show you put out yesterday, it made me feel too awkward. That's like the greatest accomplishment for me. Like if I can make people cringe, I love it. Uh, next up on our list, number eight. It's a small series, I believe, from the U UK. It's on a network that I don't even know what the fuck Acorn TV is, but it's called Manhunt. It starts Monday, March 11th. And once again, it's a, a series about a real true crime that they're, you know, they're, they're doing a, an active retelling of solving the mystery. But when I watched it, it just looked really good. It was a, a, about... Um, someone who is abducting young women in the UK. And there's just something I always kind of love about that. Like somebody preying on the nightlife, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and so then all they have to tell all the prostitutes, like you girls watch your back. Like, honey, I'm always watching my back. And it's a sassy moment. And uh, I don't know. It looked, it looked pretty interesting. It looked like something you could plow through while you're working. 
it reminds me for the older listeners that we've got of uh, those late night Cinemax show or movies that would come on like Vice Squad, Hardcore. Remember those movies? Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, I wanted to be on those gritty streets of Hollywood where those pimps were running around and those hookers. I didn't want to have anything to do with that stuff, but it just seemed like an exciting life. Like the deuce. It all seems exciting yes, to me. Yes. Until so, you're in the middle of it and then it's completely terrifying because like, when I moved to Toronto, I live not too far from where. So I, I moved when I first moved there, I got my apartment over the Internet and I ended up living in the in the neighborhood. <laughs> and it was fucking awesome. Like I learned so much about a subculture and all the guys at the dog park were super fucking nice. And I, I, I love living in that neighborhood. Um, and I always joke that whenever you see a rainbow at one end, there's a pot of gold. The other end, there's a gay neighborhood. I always find the gay neighborhood. I can't seem to find that fucking pot of gold. Maybe the gay neighborhood <laughs> is, the pot, is the pot of gold. But regardless, it, it was fucking great. It's also they filmed Queer as Folk in my neighborhood which then I started watching, which gave me an even more understanding of the gay community. And I, I fucking fell in love with that show so hard, even though it's not a great show. And I love that they were that gay in Pittsburgh. Like that was the, yeah. that was yeah. the most fictional part of the whole goddamn thing. Um, they are rebooting um, Queer's Folk. If it's Brian's not on it, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, you know who played the Brian character in the original UK version of Queer's Folk? Is it's it, an odd choice. It, it's not charlie whatever his name from sons of anarchy is it no he played the little twink boy just justin what a twink no. yeah it was um it's the guy who plays Littlefinger on uh no Game shit who also played the um the politician on the wire carcetti yeah. yeah 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 he's a yeah. fucking fantastic actor that's great that guy nobody knows who he is but when you look at his list of shit it's like whoa he's been in like everything good i just thought that was a weird note but they are bringing your show back and i'm sure with the reboot now it's probably gonna be horrible they're rebooting the l word because you know being queer is in yeah, now, yeah all of a sudden again those shows were so, groundbreaking at the time though they're groundbreaking they didn't handle anything very well they they were um transphobic they were uh biphobic they did not handle uh persons of color very well so it's gonna be w cool to see if they do it better now like don't get me wrong i love the l word i've watched it like six times um i could put it on today and watch it straight through but it'll be interesting to see like those shows in this time uh, get off my soapbox. What, so, for, so first off, in all transparency, I'm going to go to the eye surgeon later on today and I might end up being biphobic once I get my new <laughs> prescription. So we'll have to deal with that in a future episode. But what Queers Folk taught me was that I can watch TV with my wife where two men are having sex and it's not always doggy style like I thought. Like they put their fucking legs up and the other dude like just missionary. And I can do that and it doesn't take away from my sexuality or my manliness. Like I can watch two men fuck and I can be like, oh my God, I'm so glad that those two finally hooked up. It's taken forever. And that doesn't say any less about me as a man. It took me a while, as open-minded as I am, it took me a while to be like, does my wife think that I'm gay because I want to watch this with her? And does that make her think differently of me? It made me work through some stuff and I like being challenged by that show. Yeah, I mean, I can watch straight porn and it doesn't make me not be top lesbian anymore. That's right. You're always top lesbian <laughs> in my book. All right. So what I was going to say, though, is that when I lived in that neighborhood, there happened to be a lot of hookers in my neighborhood and they were on my nightly dog walk. So I had this vision of I'd walk by and be like, what's up, Charlotte? You're looking good like those <laughs> new boots. They are like sharks. They they have dead doll eyes. They look at you and you go, I'm just going to put my head down. I don't. Yep. And it never ended up being like the montage that I thought it was. And every night I walk my dogs, I'm like, I'm going to go on the other side of the street because the hookers scare me. So you wanted to be the sassy straight friend. Yes. The sassy white guy straight friend to the hookers in Toronto. Absolutely. I thought That's I'd watch. That's a show I would watch. That's a show I would watch. Let's do it. <laughs> there's, there's so many hookers in that part of Toronto. That there's a Harvey's, which is kind of like their version of Hardee's or Carl Jr., but it's called Hooker Harvey's because when they close at night, the parking lot is just full of fucking hookers. And on my walk that I would do, Connie, I would start out with guys that are looking to get picked up for guys. Then I would cruise over to the next genre, which was they look like women, but they're really guys to be picked up by guys. And then I come around the other corner and then it's like the scary, like crack whore prostitutes that like have nothing to lose. And then you go around to the main street where it was the pretty women's style. You know what I mean? They were actually mm -hmm. completely attractive ladies. They're out there and you know, it's Toronto. So it's, 
you know, four degrees and they have their ass cheeks hanging out of a short cocktail dress and high heel, high heels on and a fucking fur coat. That's who I thought I'd be friends with. It never worked out. <laughs> okay. Your name is Mark Bricky. I'm glad I've been at your prostitution TED talk. Thank you. <laughs> Broken it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next on our list, when I was looking at all the good TV this month, I thought, well, this will obviously be like probably number one and it slipped back to seven. It's called Losers. It just aired this past Friday on Netflix. It's eight shorts about people that lost big in sports. So it's the other side of the the victory. If they don't have Scott Norwood from the Buffalo Bills on this, they must have tried hard to get him. And he's like, I ain't doing your fucking show about losers. But um, it looks really, really interesting to sort of retell what happens to the person that doesn't win big and loses it all. Yeah, it looks like a good combo for the sports fan, also fan of, you know, the tragic uh, story, people who could have had it all or had it all and lose it. It, it looks interesting. I don't know that I'll go right to it or not, um, but sports drama, you know, it's one of my favorite things. So I, I'm, I'm into it. The drama of sports is the reason why you watch sports. And number six on our list, um, this one probably, like I said, it's probably better than some of the things that are above it, but it has two things working against it. It is a film and not a series. I love series over films. It's foreign language. I believe the native language it was shot in is is French. But Friday, March 15th on Netflix, Girl pops up. And Girl is about a boy who identifies as a girl, right? Is it a... a is she a- That's what I got from the trailer was that it was someone who knew they were trans, a girl, uh, a boy who knew he was trans and had started to sort of live um, in stealth a little as as a girl, but had not actually gone on hormones or had any transformative surgery yet. Yeah. So the the girl looked interesting though because she is in ballet and in and, and competitive things. And I think that that's when people are like, oh, is it now a fair competition? Because genetically the male body, you know, it just has a different mm-hmm. muscle build and a, a different sort of setup for it. So um, it looked like it was going to get into interesting parts, but shot really, really well and had fantastic um, uh, film festival reviews. Looked like the critics really loved it. So if you're looking for something to do on a, on a weeknight or a weekend night, it looked like a, a good movie to check out and, Probably like queer as folk will make you see see folks a little bit of a different way. Probably. All right. What we're going to do now is let's go over to the Circle of Trust to do our top five. I hate to break it up into two parts, ladies and gentlemen, but there's just so much good stuff out there right now. And guess what? What I don't regret is paying my bills each and every month. And you can help me do that by going to AID.network, signing up to get the second part of today's show and all shows, as well as my archive of over 900 episodes on a pile full of people always looking at things from the creative's perspective from the illustrator the designer the person that makes up things for a living but also focusing on talking to people just like connie consworth and myself that figured out how to turn their daydream into a day job thank you so much for signing up let's get into part two in our top five shows for the first half of march on comment below on the aid.network the circle of trust starts right now at aid.network 